aviation maintenance shops seem to perform miracles when getting aircraft ready for its operation schedules and their hard work often gets overlooked. All shops, however, have a limit to their magic. This limit is often embodied in one or a few aircraft that always finds a way to break down no matter how much work is done to it. This is Lemon Law. Lemon Law. That's a good way to put it because you always have that one problem child that you spent three months fixing or canning parts from other vehicles to put on there. You finally get into a flight worthy status and it takes off and and like everybody's standing on the flight line with their fingers and toes crossed. You're like, please, please, please just make it just go. And then you hear a, you hear that uh, RTB call or 10 mics out and you're like, but but you're you're not even in altitude yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you just left. What the? you got to leave long enough for us to miss you. <laughs> And then some aircraft even even have such a uh, reputation about being such a pile that uh, the end number, you know, everybody hears the end number and you're like, wait, what planes come in here? Especially if you got an aircraft that, you know, goes between multiple sites or whatever. And you're like, what's coming here? Oh, and, you know, whatever. And you're like, oh, come on, man. No, nope, nope, nope. Chief, tell that plane to turn around. Go. <laughs> <laughs> we are in the middle of a freaking nowhere. <laughs> Get on your fancy radio, chief, and tell them to turn around. <laughs> it's <laughs> exactly how it feels because you're like we don't have half the stuff here that that aircraft's going to require i promise you oh, oh man it's coming in here so figure it out and then and then six months later it's stuffed in the back of the corner collecting cobwebs and dust right that one flight was the one who that put it over i'm like oh this is exactly why we don't want it here and that was supposed to and that one flight was supposed to be the the fcf after it came out of some sort of crazy maintenance for breaking some other where else. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. You're, you're totally reminding me of this one story or this one instance, man. Like they kept saying like, okay, we're going to bring, well, what they don't, they didn't say what aircraft it was. They were saying, Hey, we want us to do this project on, on this airfield or whatever the case may be. Like, okay, I don't like it, but whatever, you're the boss. Uh, I'm just going to make sure it gets done. And then maybe some two days before the actual uh, project is supposed to kick off, they mention that said end number aircraft or whatever that aircraft is. I'm like, oh, my fucking God, are you serious? Why? We don't have anything here for that. We don't have the qualified personnel for it. We don't have the proper GSC for it. And then, like you said, MVP, well, adapt and overcome, figure it out. Oh, like. Wait, what's the issue it's coming in for? Uh, it's got a it's got a gear that won't retract. Well, we don't even have jack stands here, so we can't work on it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's landing here, but but what do you want us to do? <laughs> like, I can't <laughs> I can't troubleshoot. I can't put it in the air, you know. But then you start playing that tag, right? Each each uh, airfield and unit uh, maintenance crews they start playing that tag with it. They start going, okay, okay, just duct tape it enough together to kick it out the door and we'll send it in a beeline pattern over there and hopefully it'll make it there <laughs> and then it'll it'll break i'm air quoting here break overhead and not be able to rtb so it's got to land there oh my <laughs> under God. emergency and that's what happens you're like you're like, it gets overhead and you're like it what now oh it's just magically broke here i think people on the ground at the <laughs> other base you know like it just just right overhead huh just happened to break here hmm. interesting <laughs> great 
And as the, the, the controllers at each place start calling one another, you're like, you son of a bitch. I, I knew what you're doing. I know what you're doing. I'm going to get you back. <laughs> God damn it. I knew this was you. You did this on purpose. You. <laughs> oh, my God. So true on so many occasions, man. And I feel they uh, some of them do that on purpose just to get it out of their hair. Like, yes, thank God. Oh, yeah, Ooh. that's exactly what it is. 100%. That's what it is. Like, I don't want to see it in this hangar anymore. We're going to patch it together enough that it can take off and make it, you know, 150 miles to the other location. And that's where it'll break. Yeah. You know, you know, I noticed, man, about some of those aircraft, it's usually like the show pig or the show bird for that uh, airfield, that unit, that project. So, you know, like has like that fancy paint scheme or has that fancy name or whatever the case may be. And you would think it'd be so awesome because it's named as such, painted as such, but it's like total ass. Like it's, it's, um, it's more headache than what it's worth. But the reason it became that is because it wasn't worthy enough or reliable enough to send out on missions. So yeah, we can do dog and ponies with it. You know, we'll keep it here. We'll let the commander fly it. It can do at least one lap around the airfield. Um, and then land. So let's name it something fancy, paint it cool. And, uh, that's all it's going to be good for. <laughs> right like what, what, what's that one scene in iron man 2 like i can make presentation not demonstration <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> presentation no fly no shoot <laughs> yeah. it looks it looks the best and it's the cleanest and it's the the prettiest right the shiniest object in the hangar mm -hmm. but the beauty's only uh skin deep on that one or paint deep right below the primer and it's a it's it's a pile of garbage man Right. Matter of fact, you know, I, I get real sketchy when I see planes like that. Like it's just pristine, like phenomenally just A1. And then you're like, wow, this thing must be really new. It's like just literally rolled off the assembly line. Like, oh, no, this thing's like three or four years old. I'm like, OK, I, I, I see what's going on here. <laughs> Hasn't seen the air in forever, but it's like a Vietnam air bird. And you're like, uh, OK, all right. So you get in there and it's going to be like literally like uh, pop cans. You know, mm -hmm. that they've zip tied around lines to hold it together. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's pretty accurate, man. Like a, you pretty hit the nail on the head on, on an aircraft like that. Cause we actually had one like that. It was, a, uh, it was one of the planes we had at a, an, at a training unit. So pristine, so nice, so awesome from the outside. But you look at the maintenance hours versus the flight hours. It like it's like a difference of a factor of ten. Like, how the hell does this thing have so many flight hours or maintenance hours? And it has like maybe fifty total flight hours. Like, what's going on with this thing? And it, and then it just basically it's a it's a static display at this point. You know, like it's more for show. Like this is what it looks like when it's fresh <laughs> than what it looks like when it's actually working. Yeah, this is what it looked like brand new off the assembly line in nineteen fifty six. <laughs> right so so like what do you do you think like leads to majority of uh, the lemon law problem child aircraft to be the way it is i don't know i was i was just thinking that myself because there's a lot of aircraft that i've worked on and at some point almost everything's been replaced all major components anyways have been replaced on that airframe and you start going why is it still having problems? What's going, what, what's going on? And you start thinking, is it cursed? <laughs> right. Somebody put a hex on this thing. I don't understand, you know, um, or is it just for that model type and year? And there's a certain batch number of, right. So let's say for a certain seal, they made, 
they made 2 million of those seals, but the batch number for those seals were, turns out that they were bad, but that's the only ones you can get to replace them. And so every time you have to replace that seal, you just keep getting a replacement seal, but it's from that same bad batch, but they got to use them up. Right. Right. And so they just keep sending you and sending you and sending you and sending you the same bad seals. And it just keeps having those problems. Cause I, I don't know. I mean, I know I had an issue like that with, with my truck at one time um, <laughs> with, regarding a uh, wheel bearing, but I wonder if it's, I think it's the same thing probably for, for aircraft too, right? You'll get a bad batch number, but it's not for a Uber flight critical component. So if it goes bad, it'll, it'll make it home. It's not, uh, it's not going to be a fall out of the sky situation. I don't know. I, that's the only thing I can figure it out is that's just for that, that year type of model. They made so many, uh, of a certain parts part or parts and the quality may not have been the best and they didn't realize it until three decades later, but they still have all these laying on the shelf. So that's what you're going to use. Right. And I, I think, uh, it, this is like on the smaller percentage of, of chances this could happen, but I think it also is because of what we're actually using that problem child for. Like, cause we already have this notion like, okay, this thing sucks ass. We could only use it as like a, a show plane or like a, a, a demonstration flight. So that's all we literally use it for. So it only has like maybe one to two flight hours, like every three months. And with most planes or most any kind of machine, if you, the less you use it, the more chances of it, uh, having something break. So if it's already been designated, like, okay, this is just a show bird because it's so clean. It's so awesome. We only want X amount of people flying it or certain type of person flying it that the chances of them actually getting in there and doing it is probably like, like I said, like once every so often. So it's just sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, just dying in the, in the shadows. And then when we finally bring it out to break off the dust, the dust is the only thing that's holding it together. And then when it finally gets up in the air and starts doing its its uh, aerodynamic forces or whatnot, it, it 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 breaks the like the dust loose and everything starts falling apart. Well, that goes back to that hex thing that I was saying. The aircraft's mad at you. Oh, you don't want to fly me? Oh, I'll show you. I'll show you. Or think about as we're getting older, right? You know, you used to be when you were twenty years old, you jump out of bed and. Muscles are still, you know, still, still malleable. Your joints and ligaments are still soft and flexible. And now I get out of bed and it's like, ah, crack, snap, crackle, pop, ah, God. And it takes you a minute to loosen up. And I think that's what uh, some of those aircraft are. So the, the longer it sits around, the, uh, the more stiff its joints get, <laughs> so to speak. But, but I think also, um, like you were saying, what it's used for, right? So they know they're only going to get a certain amount of, flights flight hours per month due to whatever like if it's if it is a show bird the commander is the one who's the only one who's going to fly it he's he's going to take it out and just for his currency but he's also probably a skilled or you know above average pilot so he's probably going to be a little rougher on it than mm -hmm. what it's really intended for at least for a bird that doesn't fly too often and for its age Right. So it might sit sit for two or three months in the command, and then you you know get that morning of hey I'm taking this jet out today get it ready oh okay all right. so you pull it out of the hangar and like you said blow the dust off of it get it all ready to go and then he he puts it through the uh, ringer <laughs> in two laps around the airfield just pulling crazy G's and all different power settings and then hits the hits the ground uh, as hard as he can 
<laughs> just shy of a hard landing inspection, rolls in and says, sounds good, but it's got all these problems. All right, have a good day. And you're like, oh, back to square one. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I, I'm having so many scenarios run through my mind right now for that exact uh, reason that you described. Like, and it's usually and it's usually something like that, right? Like, oh, this is the the boss's bird, or this is like the CEO's bird, or whatever the case may be. So, like, it only flies when he wants to do it. It's like his own personal. Yeah, I mean, they got the, the his name painted right below the the cockpit, you know, right below the glass or the dome or whatever. Yep. So, and that's that's like his personal Corvette that he he flashes every so often just to kind of flex on the block, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. But then it turns into like just that exact same vet, you know, like it, it, it has trouble starting. It has trouble getting its fluid pumped through because it's been it's been sitting so long. So it's now basically kerosene. So you're pumping kerosene through the <laughs> through the lines or whatever. Yeah. And you didn't bother preserving it because at any point he could come out and say, I'm taking it out today. So mm-hmm. so most aircraft have a, you know, 60 day, 90 day, 30 day. 120 day, whatever, there's some sort of a preservation you'll do depending mm-hmm. on how long the aircraft might sit. And, and, and that, you know, and the commander's his own personal Corvette, as you said, it could sit for anywhere from 30 to, to 180 days. You don't know, but you don't know when the next time he might come out and say, yeah, I'm taking it out today. So yeah. it's always got to be in a air quotes again, ready state. Yeah. But you know, it just, it just doesn't work out. No, this this is kind of going into like it being a little bit of like like a wind chime or a hanger queen just collecting dust. But like you said, you know, these things, they, they need to move. They need to have a reason to exist. And if and if their reason is just collecting dust in, in the shadows of a of a corner, then your likelihood of something breaking or fall or failing is significantly higher than if you just ran it to the dirt until something failed. Now, there's a give and take for for either case. But in most cases, you kind of want to find that balance where, okay, we fly it enough to kind of keep keep its uh, fluids fresh. I, I, that's uh, one way of saying it. Or you just do ground runs, ground runs just to keep the oil circulated, you know? Yeah. And, and hydrofluid circulated, but that's about it. Um, how many times have you and I ran through that where a plane would just sit there for weeks, months even, sometimes a whole year, and they won't do a single thing to it, not even so much as turn on batteries to see if it's still holding a charge, you know? No, the only thing that we would we would do is go through and hand rotate the props through a couple of times just to keep it from hydro locking in a, in a piston motor, you know? Right. Or, and then you take it out for an engine run or a, a, a ground check for just for like, say training purposes, for instance. And then all these faults pop up like, Oh my God, what the hell's going on? Right. And then <laughs> oh my God, yeah. <laughs> every time, like we were just doing training. How did, how did we break all this stuff? Oh, no, I don't know. I'm sorry. But training is not going to be the one to fix it. It's going to be used. And now you got to waste time on the training bird. No, no. Oh my God. So many times. And then um, it's, since it's not actively in the operation schedule, it gets put on the back burner. Like, mo- like honestly, it should be. And then it just gets forgotten about until it goes again for another training run or if say the boss man wants to fly it and then it becomes like number one priority and you got to do all these backlog maintenance to get it up to speed. I just pray that it's able to survive a lap before it comes back down. Yeah. You've got to do six, six months of maintenance on mid shift, the night crew. You know what I mean? Like yeah. right before he goes home at five o'clock the day before he says, Oh, by the way, I'm flying tomorrow and uh, it's a 7am takeoff. 
Great. Oh, well, this will be fun. Sure. I didn't have anything else I wanted to do anyway, so <laughs> might as well just be here for 24 hours. Yeah. And of course, you know, since it's the boss man flying and his bird, you, you know, you run through extra steps to make sure it's as clean as can be, as well tuned as it, it can be. You know, everything's functioning the way it should be for whatever he he decides to do for that flight. So you're doing yep. all these all these extra checks and all these extra, how do you say, evolutions to make it all pristine for, I don't know, one to two hours of a flight for him to break it again. And then, and then it's back in the corner, never to be seen again. Well, and that's assuming he doesn't end up scrubbing it last minute because he has a more important meeting to go to. How many oh times my, that happen? Oh, my God. Jump through, jump through your ass to make it happen. And he's like, ah, just kidding, guys. Good run. Good. Uh, good. Good. Uh, Training exercise, yeah. But uh, I got a, I got a thing I got to do. I was like, oh my god! It's like, well, are you gonna fly it tomorrow? We'll just have it gassed up for tomorrow. Like, no, I don't think so. Oh, god damn it! No, I'm heading out of town for two weeks. <laughs> oh my god! Why? God, god damn it! <laughs> and then say, and then uh, I think the same lemon law or same problem child aircraft has like a higher uh, probability of some of someone inducing a problem. You know, like. Oh, someone lost like a wrench in the in the cockpit area. I'm like, God damn it. Why is it always this plane? It's always this plane. Like if if something doesn't break, we're breaking something. God damn it. You know that you bring up a good point, because now that I think about it, in many cases, the the lemon law bird is mm-hmm. actually like number one of that type model series, you know. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's the test bed. So it's used for training it's used for both both air crew and maintenance training it's used for uh the dog and pony shows it's used mm-hmm. for uh you know test beds are always putting things on and taking things off of it and so i guess probably through that harsh life it also becomes the the turd that it is because it just <laughs> it's just tired it's just beaten up you know yeah it's all poked and prodded you know like it's one of like a like one of those like surgeon practice dummies, you know, like you get, you, you cut it up, stitch it up, cut it up, stitch it up. And after so long, it's just made up nothing but stitches. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's kind of how it is. And it, it just, when you were talking there a few minutes ago, that just reminded me that I'm like, you know, it, the ones that I've noticed and even, even recently too, with, with the uh, certain aircraft is that, that the ones that seem to be the biggest problem childs and spend their eternity tucked into the darkest corner of the hangar are are number one of block one of whatever specific type model they they get all the they have like decades worth of test wire hanging out of them you know from old tests that's no longer used and they don't take it out they just keep stuffing more in and oh my and you God. get trainings hands involved and they're you know a bunch of ham-fisted hooligans and they beating <laughs> the crap out of everything and then the, you get pilot trainees in there and like, what? what's an aircraft, you know? You know, they supposedly have a pilot's license and they take off and they do all sorts of stuff they're not supposed to do and smack it into the ground when they land. And they, I did good, right? Yeah, you yeah. did good. You did good, all right. You're about to get it good. Don't 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 run. Don't don't walk away. You're about to get it good. <laughs> yeah, don't go anywhere real quick. Just just real quick. I, let me talk to you behind the hangar real quick. How do you over torque on takeoff? <laughs> How do you over torque on takeoff? God damn it! <laughs> and like I know in the corporate world, you know, we talked at the beginning of the episode. We had talked about um, you learn, you know, the end numbers, mm-hmm. and certain end numbers have a 
live in infamy, so to speak. And you're like, what am I getting called out for? Oh, a hawker? A hawker what? An 800. Okay. And is there a revenue flight tomorrow? Yes. Great. Well, I'm just going to need you to bring another aircraft in as standby and just in case this one's not going to get fixed. And the reason I say that is because it's uh, it's not going to get fixed. <laughs> <laughs> not in the time you want it to get fixed, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> just have another one on standby so the customer doesn't lose a flight and you don't either. Right. And then, and then say you get a you get a, a problem child or lemon law plane that has one specific problem that's common all the time. You know, like we have this end number aircraft, it, the number one engine runs slower than the number two or it picks up the load a lot slower or uh, it's ma- it's caution lights blink or they pop up like a solid two, three percent later than they should or some shit like that. Like, and then but you can never find out what's causing it. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like. Just shy of a full gut, you 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 can't figure out what the hell's causing it. So you just kind of like just ML it or defer it, like whatever. Eh. Caution light pops up two percent later than it should. So they gotta kind of math it out in their head, like okay, what's minus two percent of this? Oh, okay, and then they get like a little grease pen and just kind of mark it where it's supposed to pop. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, I know I've had entire interiors, you know, cockpits and cabins and galleys ripped apart pinning out wires and chasing through their circuits and trying to figure out, like you said, what causes that delay or whatever the issue is. And, and, and again, shy of replacing all the wiring inside the aircraft, you don't know, but it's not, again, it's not one of those situations where it's, uh, it still works. Mm-hmm. Not, not 100% as it should, but it's in that 90 to hundred percent range. So eh, it's MELable. Well, just leave it on the MEL list for, the next five years and we'll readdress it at that time or hopefully right. maybe we'll sell the aircraft by that point it's somebody else's problem <laughs> someone else's problem <laughs> right that, that kind of reminds me of uh what's that movie with the telepathic girl and has like a dad as a used card salesman uh oh matilda matilda yeah yeah, yeah. You, know, you know that i kind of feel like that's how that that problem child is is like that used car where you kind of like throw sawdust into the engine so it stays quiet you know you're doing all yeah. kinds of these you're doing kinds of this dumb shit like you should never do but it it it, it lets it run just smooth enough to make its flight like let, let's let's run the oil a little rich today or let's have let's like have the carburetor turn off uh later than it should or some shit like that just to give it a little bit of extra oomph to juice it up enough to get it going, not cause any significant problems that the pilot can feel or notice, and then land back like, all right, we should probably reconnect that, <laughs> drain the oil, drain this, or or uh, re-rig it so it, it's supposed to do it. So they, for as far as they know, it's everything's pristine. But we know, like of all the the ninja fixes that went into it, they kind of just get it to do what it needed to do. <laughs> oh yeah, especially when you said rigging, you're like, oh, this one always flies left wing low for some reason. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just adjust that rigging. Is it within tolerance? Sure. Let's go with that. Right. It's definitely within tolerance. It flies level for you. Maybe not to the manual specifications of flying <laughs> level, but uh, it definitely flies level. <laughs> right. Oh, man. I remember this one the turn. The buckle's all maxed out, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holding on by like one or two threads. <laughs> you see the no-go hole is like maybe just like a hair away from being out of limits. Like, just, just roll it, dude. <laughs> if I squint. It looks like it's in. That's good. <laughs> right. Oh, man. I can't remember. I remember they had this one aircraft. It was uh, left wing heavy for the long or yeah, left wing heavy for the longest. Like when we we fuel it to its specified um, um, tolerance, 
it's going to lean heavy to the left. Like, what the fuck is going on with this thing? So the fix, uh, air quoting fix, was to to put more in the uh, in the right than we do on the left. So it kind of evens itself out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not right. But it's like, uh, I mean, you're not going to know. <laughs> so I had one similar to that, but that's because like the check valves would just seep slightly so it would always bleed fuel from left to right yeah or i mean right to left and so uh yeah same fix was put more fuel in and you had to do that quick math in your head like okay well if they're going to take off this time if i fuel it two hours ahead the leak rate is such and such so many pounds per hour so by time they take off it should be evened out about that yeah <laughs> <It's just, laughs> instead of replacing check valve you know like well why don't we just replace the the, the check valves no well, that costs money it cost me nothing to to have you do math oh great fun right like oh my god man no (laughs) my greatest weakness (laughs) and i'm the worst at math i'm like hey can somebody check this real quick please (laughs) (laughs) that was that was me man when it came to um like uh doing a torque matching or um like torque of the day so like if this aircraft takes off it should hit torque at this level on helos right well, helos and like some fixed wings that I've done. Well, like say, like for like the older style ones where like everything is all mechanically and spring driven. So we would have to okay. torque, we would have to torque match these engines. So like, so they load share correctly. And we ran into this case where we would, we would have a torque split on the ground when it's just sitting flight idle. Like, Ooh, <laughs> like this hmm. ain't right. This ain't right. I mean, that's a clear sign of mismatch rigging, but still, you know, like, when you would have to actually do the math to torque match it, like, wow, I fucking suck at this. Well, hope for the best, you know, like try not to make too huge of adjustments. So like when they actually input power, it doesn't go, bruh, <laughs> and just spike to the red, like immediately. <laughs> oh yeah. It's one of those where like each flat of the nut that you have to turn to make the adjustments yeah. is like five, you know, 5% or, or whatever, you know, or five PSI or whatever it is that you're adjusting. But so yeah. you're like, well, I need, I got to make a 32, you know, PSI or whatever adjustments. You're like, uh, should be like four flats. Yeah. I hope this is it. You know, try not again. You go real slow. Like, nope, not enough. And then you got to shut it down, go up there and adjust it and run it again. Nope. Keep back and forth, yep. back and forth. Yep. And you know what, man? Like, uh, and especially when you when you adjust flats, sometimes when you when you hook it back up, it doesn't line up right. I'm like, so then you got to do all kinds of oh, other shit. Like, yeah, you, you're right. You know, then you got to lengthen the cable, shorten it back down again, and or you got to lengthen the rod inside so they jive up. I'm like Jesus, dude, like this is so fucking hard. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. And then you were talking about springs as well, and then like, you know, over time, we all know, you know, in the manufacturing process, not every spring is uh, is sprung you know, at the same, <laughs> at the same time, so to speak. So you get like some springs are a little weaker than, than others. So your, your rigging has to go into adjust to take up for that springs, uh, inabilities. So to yeah. speak. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, man. I totally suck when it comes to like flats and percentages. I'm like, like, well, one flat is 3%, but one full turn is six. Like what? Wait a minute. What? How, how did, how did that come into feel? Like yeah, one you start turn- reading the manual like six times in a row. Like, does this, Somebody else come read this. Does this make sense to you? <laughs> right. I feel real stupid when I read it. I'm like, wait, three flats is, uh, one flat is 3%, but one half turn is six. But 
one half turn is six flats. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I don't oh, get it. Am I reading the wrong thing? <laughs> right. <laughs> you start you start looking at your manual reference, you're like, no, 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 I'm in the right section. I'm under I'm under the right chapter. Right. I'm using the right manual for the right plane. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you start questioning everything. You're like, hold on, hold on. Let's just start over again from square one. Let me go check out another manual and see what it says. Right. I hated uh manuals like that where like it's it's modification specific you know and some of the mods are like just maybe like a hair's difference you know like okay like uh airplane x uh mod a is this and then airplane x mod b is this but the difference is is like okay one uh one's light blinks at x percent and one blinks at x point five percent like god damn it or one's one's oil pressure is it's i guess it's like the like the u2 right they say when it's up at altitude, 10 knots can either overspeed it or make you fall out of the sky. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? What a, what a freaking drastic difference. But I, I mean, I've talked to some like YouTube, YouTube people uh, mm-hmm. who worked on them and who flew them. And that's what they said. I'm like, God, that's a really, really small tolerance, you know, <laughs> but it's just like that. So, yeah, that margin for error is like real slim. <laughs> so we've talked about. The lemons of the aviation world. Shoreline, are there any lemons of the audio world? Honestly, I want to say the closest thing I probably have to a lemon in my experience is a specific truck that we have uh, at our shop. And it is just the worst. The worst. Um, Like, it'll go out on one show. Oh, there goes the transmission. It'll disappear for you know, a few weeks, everybody thinks that it's gone and nobody talks about it because we're like, oh, cool. This truck finally died. Awesome. Never have to drive it again. And then it'll just appear randomly out of fucking thin air. <laughs> and it just, it every time. It's like every a ghost, time, man. It really <laughs> is, man. We're like, oh, cool. <laughs> truck two finally died. It finally left. Nope. It's back. That's the, you're exactly right, though talking about your truck, like you think you finally killed it and you'll never have to deal with this thing again. And then magically again, like the black pearl coming out of the mist, there's that lemon law, be it a truck or an aircraft. And it just shows up like to haunt you. I think, I think it does it. I, that's what I'm telling you. I think they're cursed. It's the only thing that makes sense. I think, I think that's part of it, you know, and, and, and also people not being willing to let go of, uh, either what that truck stands for, of the fact that they're you know not having to pay on it anymore because it's from the fucking eighties, um, or whatever you know, um, it just it refuses to die every time, and it sucks because I am one of three people that can actually drive it. So it's exactly right, not being able to let go. That that makes a lot of sense because again, back to talking to like say the commander's bird or whatever. I mean that. Well, this was the first aircraft I was qualified on when I joined in you know, 1979 and I got qualified on this in 82 and it's been my bird ever since and hard charging. Like, yeah, but it's 2021. Like there's a reason you only, this is the only, this is one of two in existence still flying. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's not because it wants to, it wants to die with its friends. (laughs) Just let me, let me go. (laughs) Just let me go. Which shit, there was a movie like that where it's like, just let me die. And then they're like really selfish about like, no, you must stay. <laughs> it's like that, it's like that Rick and Morty, Mr. Meeseeks. I just yeah. want to die. Your failures <laughs> are your own old plane. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my god. They're like, that's god. wow, epiphany moment. 
Yep. So I don't know, man, no, no matter what with the lemon laws, it's, um, it just never, they just never seem to get better. They only ever seem to get worse with time, no matter what you change, change both engines, chase, change the hydro systems out. You've changed even like whole landing gear you've changed out and they still just, just don't seem to want to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's like their soul is trapped. Like that's what's killing the end, killing the aircraft. You know? Like just let me die. <laughs> like you're you're just cadavering like different different parts to kind of just keep the blood pumping. But like other than that, it's like what like you said, they're, they're Frankenstein's, right? Because they're yeah. typically test beds and trainers. So they've been crashed. They've been they've been rolled. They've been ran into stuff. They've been smashed. They've you know had systems blow out on them, and and they just keep getting patch back together and like like your shoreline was indicating like is it because the air if the things paid off or we don't cost too much money because i feel like what we're putting in maintenance we could have could have had a new one by now you know what i mean like it's just it doesn't make sense whoever's making that call maybe it's a nostalgia thing yeah Ooh, man i think you hit the nail you guys hit the nail on the head on that one like matter of fact yeah <laughs> and it's all and it's usually because like oh they only this is painted by such and such, or this like this means that like it's more of a symbol than actually doing what it's supposed to do. And that's like cool. Leave it the paint it the cool color scheme and move it over to the air park. <laughs> you know, like just let it let it be on display. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow, man. Like I'm I'm it's like I'm I'm in looking things through a new perspective. I'm like I never thought of it that way. Holy shit. <laughs> I, I mean, I wasn't really thinking of it until Shoreline said something either, and I'm like, yeah, I think I think there's a lot a lot to be said for that because. You know, typically the person running the show has been in the been in the game quite a while. So, an aircraft that was new 30, 35 years ago when they first got in, that's long since been outdated and passed up by time and technology. But it's what they knew, right? It's what they cut their teeth on. So they always have that. And I think I'm probably guilty of that. I think all of us are probably guilty of that to some degree. Yeah. Um, you cut your teeth on it. That's what you learned on. So, so it's got that special place in you and. Yeah, it might not be the most effective asset out there, but you're like, no, it's it's number one, you know? Yeah, it's number one in our hearts, man. <laughs> I think we figured out why we have the lemons still hanging around. <laughs> wow. Hey, thanks, Shoreline. You did really just blew our brains on that one. <laughs> you're welcome. Wow. Had an wow. epiphany today. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, no I kidding. I expecting that. Mine, mine implosion, explosion. Implode, explode. Oh, my God. <laughs> At the same time, that's how black holes are created. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Closing thoughts, MVP. Well, I think we pretty much hit the nail on the head with uh, certain topics we covered today, but your lemons are, are have always been around and they'll continue to be around because as time marches on, uh, a lot of us, uh, as we become the old timers in the shop, we can't let go of the past for some reason. And so we'll hang on to uh, our youth in a sense and uh, continue trying to patch those piles together until some young buck comes up behind us and says, get this crap out of here. Get it out of here. <laughs> right. And, uh, <laughs> and then at that point, that's when we retire. Yeah. Right. Like no, <laughs> you're, you're sitting, standing there in a the museum, like, hello, old friend. Here we are just stuffed on display for others to mock our existence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then the Titanic music starts playing. Right. It was 54 long years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my <Holy> God. 
I just saw my future. I don't like it. <laughs> I know. I did too. I just fast forwarded a little bit and I, I don't want to just rewind for a while. So like, again, we say with these, lem- these lemon law aircraft, I mean, certain things you just like, it's, it's like these, like these cursed gripes, they're just going to keep popping up and shy of you replacing literally everything. It's going to keep coming up until a, it's just time to put it away and let it go on display or put it into the boneyard, wherever the case may be, where aircraft go to never exist again. And just move on to the bigger, better things until such time happens. I mean, the best you can do is just do the maintenance right and do it by the book. So it's as functional as you can get it for whatever limited mis- uh, missions or objective you can get it to. And just kind of let them know like this should never do anything besides this type of flight, you know, as limited as possible. Just do that. Because otherwise you're running a risk of that said aircraft failing and then possibly causing more problems than just a blown engine. Yeah, let it live in the local airspace and that's as far as it goes. It's like, it's like a kite at this point. Just put a string to it, like make sure it's able to guide its way back down. <laughs> and with any luck, maybe it'll get struck by lightning. <laughs> put it out of its misery. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Have a good day. We'd like to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to keep producing episodes, bring on guests, and keep Shoreline ever the happy to produce our show. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Stephanie Boltman, Jenny Dignan, Ryan Frushauer, Daniel Schubert, and Steven Shivers. Thank you all, our patrons, so much for all your support and, again, your patronage. If you have ideas, topics, or stories for the show, or you would like to be a guest on the show, visit cancelformaintenance.com and drop us a line on our contact us section. We will do whatever we can to get you and or your ideas onto the show. Check out our sponsor, Rockwell Time, for all sorts of outdoors and sporting apparel such as watches, safety-rated sunglasses, and snowboarding goods. Visit rockwelltime.com, use code CX4MX, and save 10% off your purchases. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash cancel for maintenance. Patronage again allows us to continue making episodes and maintain our gear. Patrons also get exclusive perks such as access to our Discord and discounts to our upcoming merch.